0: This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. To receive a free copy of Bob Buford's classic book Halftime: Moving from Success to Significance, just go to eternalleadership.com/halftime. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, co-founder and co-host. Here's this week's interview by my partner, John Ramstead.
1: Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we welcome back um, just a good friend and mentor of mine, Oz Hillman. Oz, welcome back,
2: John. Good to be back with you.
1: You know, um, just a little back. If you don't, if you guys aren't familiar with Oz, you need to get familiar, familiar with Oz. Uh, you founded Marketplace Leaders. You're really one of the one of the not only just the foremost voices, but you're out there teaching, training, and equipping people. You know, how to really see kind of their work as ministry, right? How to really fulfill and find God's purpose and then, uh, you know, kind of lead this integrated life, right? And pulling everything together. You also wrote a devotional, and this is how I first found out about you long ago, right? TGIF, Today God is First, fantastic uh, devotional. It's an email that people can subscribe to. Um, And I know you're working right now. We're going to be talking about uh, a book you have coming out, The Joseph Calling. And I would really encourage the audience. You know what? uh, We did a phenomenal interview. It's one of our most popular ones on how to be a kingdom entrepreneur. If you guys want to go back, it's number episode 83. In your amazing bride, Pamela Winderweedle, Winderweedle Hillman, um, one of the most powerful and moving, I think, testimonies and stories that I've ever heard. And I encourage you guys to go back and listen to Pamela. That was episode 121. But uh, today, uh, Oz... you know, your, your whole book, The Joseph Calling, and I, I want to read this because this is really about the book. It's The Six Stages to Discover, Navigate, and Fulfill Your Purpose. And I think not only your book coming out, um, it's such a, a needed resource and tool for people. But, you know, this is really around a lot of the questions we get from our audience, um, Oz. Oz. And this is kind of how you start out. So I want to share this with people. And guys, we're going to dive into this. It's going to be awesome. So um, here's here's some, some questions that Oz asked. right? Do you know why God allows adversity? Do you ever find yourself in a season of adversity? Are you struggling to maybe make sense of your circumstances? Do you find it difficult to make sense of the God of love when circumstances seem to say something different? And, you know, do you ever feel like God may be or may seem silent right now in your life? So if any of those questions resonate with you, this book, this interview, man, it's going to be right on target for you. Um, so Oz, I'd love for, you know, you've worked with so many leaders around the world. You have so much experience. What, what led you to write this book now in this season of your life?
2: Well John, my journey uh after having a career in advertising for twelve years as owning an ad agency in Atlanta, <laughs> um <clears throat> excuse me, the uh business did very well. But um it was nineteen ninety four and all of a sudden everything changed and uh I um one day woke up and was had the experience of a Bernie Madoff circumstance <laughs> in which I had investments of a half a million dollars that went up uh, in smoke overnight when the guy fled the country. And, and then I had 80% of my business leave through uh, a client that got disgruntled about something and fired me and stuck me with a $170,000 bill. Uh, my second largest account left as a result of my vice president taking that one. And then my wife decided to separate from me at that same time. So within three months, life really changed. I was, you know, at a place of my mid-40s, you know, just, you know, at a place of, of stability and and financial. I was in good shape financially. But everything changed within three months, and that really ushered me into a season of seven years that uh, God began to really reframe reframe who I was and uh, helping me understand some things about me as a person and, and even a call that he had on my life, which I didn't understand until two years into that where I met a man named Gunnar Olsen, the founder of the International Christian Chamber of Commerce from Sweden. And he had uh, – a, a friend of mine had sent me an audio tape by him that said God was raising up Josephs all over the world, and it was often signified by them going through extraordinary business and personal challenges and adversity. Well, that was about all I heard uh, that day on that tape, John, and I said, I, this guy knows something I need to know. And uh,
1: Yeah, I can said, relate to that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know you can. And so I I found out he was going to be in Washington in two months, and and so I flew up there not knowing for sure if I could meet him, but I was fortunate enough to meet him the very night of his conference, and he listened to my story and just said, you know, Os, you have a Joseph calling on your life. You've probably made some mistakes along the way, but what you need to realize is the call is bigger than your mistakes. And it's a marketplace call and you have a marketplace call upon your life. And he so he was really being very prophetic at that time. And he pulled out a napkin and he said, Here's where you are right now and here's where God's gonna take you. If you'll press into to God with all your heart during this season, you'll see it manifest. And so that was the beginning of the journey. And then what happened after that is uh, he became my kind of spiritual father, if you will, uh, and has been for like 25 years. And uh, so uh, now, uh, you know, almost 25 years later, I've been to 26 countries, written 18 books, and have seen just as Joseph went through the His Pit experience, the manifestation of a call that was unlike I had ever thought. And so the reason in answering your question is that the reason I'm writing the book is I've been teaching it for many, many years, um, but I've never actually written a book specifically on the process of the Joseph calling.
1: Well, you you know, um, in the beginning of the book, and you and I have talked a lot about this, um, you know, this importance of knowing our purpose, knowing our calling, it's something I think a lot of us feel like it's like something that's buried that we're trying to get at and we just can't find it is how I felt uh, often kind of in my process. And, you know, how many, how many people do you think that you work with are really connected to what that calling, what that purpose
2: is? Very few, John. And that's why in my workshops, I always do a session on understanding your purpose and understanding why God made you, yeah. you know, A friend of mine from South Africa who was on my board, she said that to me one time. She says, I think you understand your gifts and talents, but I don't think you understand why God made you, why he brought you on this earth. And I thought that was a very interesting way of putting it.
1: What was your first thought when when she said
2: that? I said, well, I said, I didn't know you could really know that. (laughs) And uh, so I – I had her explain what she meant, and she, so she said, "Yeah, I think you, you need to understand, you know, why God put you on this earth, and and really what your DNA in God is." And so we took we went through really a few hour process. It didn't take that long, and just began to to write down all the various things that were attributes of who I am as a person, and what we came out of that was a statement that basically. Cap, captured who I am and why God created me. And that statement is God made Os Hillman to be an articulator and shepherd of foundational ideas that lead to transformation. Now, that statement was true of me before I was ever a Christian. Uh, I could articulate and, and shepherd you through uh, helping you with your golf swing because I was a golf pro back then, <laughs> okay. and uh, so I could help you with your golf game. And then, as an ad agency owner, I could articulate and shepherd you through your business and help you and you understand, you know, what do you need to do to succeed in your business. And then, as God transitioned me to what I'm doing now, I'm writing and speaking about, you know, understanding. Uh, this whole process of transforming your life and uh, to shepherd you through a process of really being fulfilled in what God's called you to, and really uh, with a specific thing around understanding the role adversity plays in our life. Because like myself, there are a lot of business guys who walk in that room like I did thinking, I just run into a you know, a Mack truck, you know, in my life. And I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know why God is allowing this to happen. You know, you
1: know, circling back, um, you know, as you spent those few hours with this woman and you connected to this, it sounded like that was kind of at the core. How, How do you help other people kind of connect to that and discover their calling their purpose Oz?
2: Well, I do that. I actually wrote a little booklet by that name that has a a process that you can do the very thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, if you go to um, our website, uh, TGI there's a booklet there called uh, discovering why God made you. And that booklet uh, is, is uh, an easy to read thing. In fact, I'd be glad to make the PDF available to your listeners for a free download. Um, it's a, uh, it's a very helpful tool and, uh, so, uh, that's, that's what we use to help people discover that.
1: Yeah. If you, if everybody listening, if you could send me a link to that, I'll make sure it's in our show notes and I can link back to your site and people can, people can grab that. Cause I know that was a, that was an important process for me to go through. Um, and I went through that, that process with a coach and I got to tell you, it was, um, it was for me, it was like, um, Uh, The way my coach put it was, uh, you know, it's like your God gave you this race car to drive and you're you were trying to drive it with the with the parking brake on and discovering my purpose and my calling for me was like letting, you know, dropping the parking brake. Um, So now now in the book, you know, it talks about the six stages. I know we're going to get into talking about adversity. I know that piqued a lot of people's interest, but. Um, you know, six stages to really understand, navigate, and fulfill that purpose. What, what are those, those stages, and then how did you become aware of those,
2: Well, You know, when I was uh, writing my uh, previous book called Change Agent, Engaging Your Passion to Be the One Who Makes a Difference, I was uh, looking at the lives of leaders, and uh, leaders in the Bible, leaders in culture, and uh, as I began to study them, especially Joseph, I realized there were these various processes, these stages, if you will, that uh, almost every one of them went through. And I, I went through the same stages. And and so these six stages are pretty consistent. The first one is recruitment that got often Recruits you through some type of crisis event. You look at people like Joseph, he was thrown into a pit. You look at um, the Apostle Paul, he was struck blind, you know, by Jesus. Uh, you look at uh, um, just so many characters in the Bible. Uh, you look at David, he was had to go to the uh, fleece all sword, uh, you know, and had to had to be a fugitive for a period of time before he was elevated into what he was called to do. Moses,
1: so, right?
2: On and Moses, on. Moses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just look at him. You, almost every character, you'll see a crisis event, which I I say leads them to the larger story of their life. And it's usually some type of event. The second stage is character development. Usually right after that crisis, there usually is the character building phase, just as David and Joseph had that character building phase. For Joseph, it was 13 years of adversity. Um, and then isolation, God often isolates the leader. And I often say that he turns messes into messages and messengers. You know, he he put David in the cave of Adullam. He put Joseph in the pit and then in prison and and just isolated him from his family. He put John, the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. He put Isaiah and Jeremiah in periods of isolation. So he deposits something in us and that's how I wrote devo- my devotionals, TGIF Today, God is First. And why they're so powerful is I was in a season of great isolation. And it was there that God downloaded so much of what I wrote about. And, uh, you know, Isaiah 45, 3 says he reveals secret things in hidden places that we might know him. And I believe that was really uh, what I was walking through in my my season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, fourth stage is the cross phase. And what I found with almost every leader was that almost every one of them, without exception, had some type of betrayal? You got Joseph with his brothers. You got David with um, Saul. Uh, even his his children betrayed him. You you look at Jesus, of course, the the biggest betrayal. Uh, but almost every character had some type of betrayal. And what I see in that is that God almost wants us to know. He wants to know whether. We will wash the feet of our Judas if our Christianity is real enough to where we will bless those who curse us and love those who persecute us. And it's really a test that you know is one of the hardest tests because you cannot do that in your own strength. You have to become dead to yourself to be able to forgive people who have done some real wrongs. You mentioned my wife, Pamela, uh, what she forgave. From the people that did the things that they did to her, in the abuse that she suffered, is just extraordinary to me. And when I think of the level of forgiveness she gave to the abusers that were in her life, I just I marvel at that because it's uh, obviously God doing a deep work in her life to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, that is one of the most powerful stories of forgiveness I've ever heard. It, it man, it it was just a huge. Uh, way to model what that really looks like to me so I'd really encourage people to go back and listen to that
2: number five is problem solving and uh, like Jesus uh, many of the leaders that God raises up are raised up to solve a problem uh, Joseph solved the famine problem you know um, Jesus solved people's problem all the time um, you look at um, daniel he solved a problem for his king, you know, and you you, you look at Nehemiah, he solved the problem for Israel by you know, solving the problem of rebuilding the wall. So if you look at every leader, just think about what problem did they solve? And I believe that's a great lesson for you and I, that there's some type of problem God's called you and I to solve. And I believe he called each of us on this earth to solve some some type of problem. It, and, it, some, and for some of us, it might be a big problem, For others of us, it's a way of life, and especially entrepreneurs. I believe God has gifted many of us who are entrepreneurs to gift us that in order to be problem solvers. And, of course, any product that's worth its weight is (laughs) designed to solve a problem. Right. And uh, so Jesus – the reason Jesus was so influential – is that he began to solve problems in the lives of people early on, whether it was healing or telling Peter how to catch more fish or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, feeding 5,000. There was a problem involved. Uh, Raising Lazarus from the dead, there was a problem that he solved. And that's how the influence began to grow with him. And then the final stage is networks. And networks uh, are things that God is really into Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Twelve, Daniel and his three friends. And I think about uh, William Wilberforce in England, who had 69 world-changing initiatives as a result of hanging out with 14 to 18 individuals that were in his neighborhood, you know, called the Clapham Group. And they were people that were often wealthy and very influential, but they leveraged what they did for social reforms. And because of that, uh, they abolished slavery after 30 years of work. But it was all part of the network. And, of course, the Bible talks a lot about being unified. He prays that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And that, you know, we can put, uh, you know, two one can put two to flight, but two can put, you know, 10,000 to flight. And The whole concept of multiplication as a result of a number of people working together. And so those six stages, when you look at them, most likely you'll be able to see yourself in those six stages, especially if you're a person that's gone through some adversity.
1: And how do you, you know, looking at those six stages, and it makes total sense. I'm actually kind of, as you were sharing that, just thinking through my journey. And boy, can I relate to every single one of those areas um, you know, what's kind of the value in that? How do how do you, as a leader listening to this right now, how do they use that themselves?
2: Well, they can use it in a number of ways. The first thing, if you find yourself going through adversity, uh, the reason knowing this information is helpful is that just like myself, uh, before I met Gunnar Olsen that day, I was living in a lot of Failure, sense of shame, guilt, uh, questioning, is there a God? Does he love me anymore? Have I made big mistakes that this is happening to me? Is he judging my life? You know, all those things that we go through, if we don't know, there's an actual process. Mm. And the biggest thing that Gunnar gave me was a whole different perspective on my situation, uh, and understanding that I was actually involved in a biblical process, and that there was an actual precedent for that, so I think that's the one first thing that's so that helped. helped you put everything in context. It helped me. Uh, it helped me get out of my own shame mm. and failure complex. For one thing, it helped me embrace a process rather than trying to fix it and uh, deal with my own failures. So I walked out of the room that day. I walked in that room that day as a failure with a lot of shame. I walked out with a call, you know, and a, a better understanding. And so that, that, that was tremendously helpful to know that. The second thing that the value of it is that you're going to run into Joseph's in your own relationships. Uh, you may not be in your pit now. But you probably know somebody who is. And so God may use you to introduce this concept to someone else to help them through their journey. The other thing is that you may yet come into a Joseph process. Uh, You may not have entered into your process. And uh, you'll remember this interview uh, when you do go through it and say, oh, I think I heard something about this and I need to read that book. I need
1: to go back and listen to this. Well, you know, um, you know, adversity, dealing with adversity is a big theme of the book. Is it, Do you think that's something everyone goes through? Every and, and also asking that, does that mean that everybody has a Joseph calling, would you say? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Everybody goes through adversity, not everybody's a Joseph though. You know, you're you're a Joseph if people associate you with some type of major adversity in your life. Uh, when we say Joseph, everybody knows what what that means. They associate his story with his life. He overcame great adversity, but not everybody goes through great extraordinary adversity. We all the Bible tells us that we'll all have adversity in First Peter, but we won't all go through extraordinary adversity. A Joseph calling is someone who goes through extraordinary adversity. People know them by that adversity, and God uses that adversity for them to become a spiritual and physical provider to others. Mm. And it it can be in a governmental sense because Joseph was raised up to influence the governmental mountain, Um, but it's not always that. It can be in business or really any area. Um, But Joseph just happened to be in the governmental area.
1: You know, um, it's a question that comes up quite a bit, right? Like going through my accident, and this was really hard for my wife and my kids, right? As my wife became my caregiver. in the morning before I had my accident that put me in the hospital for almost two years, my wife was there with our, our boys and they were praying for my safety. You know, God, you know, dad's on a trip, keep him safe. And then the accident happens. And one of the things that's, you know, hard for some people, uh, and I'd love for your thoughts on this is just... You know, and, and Jesus did he talked about right, we in this life we are gonna have tribulations. So what do you think the reason for that is? Why why do you think we go through adversity in our life?
2: Well, I think there's four reasons. Um the first one is a consequence of a call that um Joseph's adversity wasn't because of the sin that he created. Although, as a young man, he wasn't very tactful. <laughs> we, we he was <laughs> no, he
1: yeah. wasn't, was he?
2: <laughs> his he was
1: not the favorite brother.
2: Yeah, he uh, he was immature in how he related to his brothers. Uh, but the sin that he committed was not commensurate with what he would go through. Mm. So we you you realize you know that that was not a a payment for sin, if you will. It was much more, as, as God said, you know, told him that, you know, it was, it was not uh, you who sent me here, but it was God to save a nation and mm-hmm. to save people. So that's one thing. It can be a consequence of the call. The second thing is that it can be reproof as sons and daughters The Bible says in Hebrews that he treats us like sons and daughters. If we're a son and daughter, there are times where he'll discipline us in order for us to really fulfill what God has in mind for us. And so that reproof can come through in some type of circumstance or adversity. The third reason that we can go through it is um, uh, sin you know we can actually be blatantly in sin and the and you know satan is a legalist uh what i mean by that is that he knows that whenever there's an open door in our life of sin then he's allowed to come in and sift us uh because there's no protection around us when we begin to operate in willing sin
1: what do you and mean so by that, sift us us
2: well let's say that you know if you get into the sin of of um adultery uh, or the sin of pornography or the sin of stealing money uh, behind the counter in a business or something like that so so th- there's unrighteousness going on in your life, and so as a result of that, God will actually use Satan to sift you into in an effort to save your soul and to bring you back to him but it's a process where he's he's actually using him to um affect you in a very negative way. Uh and so if if we're living in the opposite then God uh you know is our protector of situations. So did that make sense?
1: Yeah, that made sense. Thank you.
2: So and then the fourth area is spiritual warfare. You know, there you know, I'll never forget uh, my mentor, Gunnar Olsen, said to me one time, he said, you know, if you were not a believer, business would go for you just fine. The level of adversity would not really be that great because he doesn't need to make your life difficult. He has you already where you are, mm. and he's secure in knowing that you're going to go to hell. <laughs> so why made it get any more difficult for you? However, the, the minute you become a Christian – uh, the devil doesn't like that. And he it says in John 10.10 10, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy from our lives. And so that's his mission statement. Every every believer, he wants to steal, kill, and destroy from. Him. And so we are in a warfare from that point on, and especially in business and especially entrepreneurs who have such great potential to give Satan a black eye and make his life miserable, you know. And so um, there's vested interest there. And so there are other areas that I think are very difficult to explain. Um, For instance, uh, when a child dies, a baby dies, or you hear about – I just heard a story the other day where uh, uh, a man – backed up in his driveway and ran over his own child. Yeah, and killed, that was horrible. And the, the Holocaust. And, I mean, there are some things that are not very explainable that we'll have to wait till we get to heaven to really un- explain those. Some of the evil that happens now, that's a result of free will, that God gave mankind free will. And as a result of that, they have the free will to do good and to do evil if there's evil in your heart. So those are the areas that I see that, you know, why we can experience adversity.
1: Is it important us to try to go in and, and look at some of these areas and um, and maybe understand, you know, why we're going through adversity or, absolutely. you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely you do. Uh, you know, when I went through my adversity, I felt like the, you know, I understood what, what uh, Gunnar was saying about call But later, I realized also that there were some underlying things in my life that were not conscious to me. They were all subconscious. And yet, they were generational sins that would manifest in my life through relationship challenges. And as a result of that, Uh, The pain that I was walking through motivated me to get to the root of some of those things. I'm literally not the same person I was back in the 90s. I have a totally different personality. I don't deal with the issues I was dealing with back there. And my, you know, I just got free of some stuff. And part of this process is, I think, bringing us to death of some stuff that needs to die. And the Bible is very clear about that. The seed has to die before the real growth can happen the, and the, the plant can grow. And that's true of this process as well.
1: You know, what advice would you have for, for folks? Uh, I, I think what you shared is so important because a lot of it, you know, for us to really step into being that entrepreneur, being that leader, stepping into our calling, is about who we are um, and really changing, like you did, Right, who you are, really getting in touch with who God created you to be. And there, right, there's, there's, there's uh, sometimes a big misalignment between how we're showing up, who we see ourselves, and who God sees and who He created. And um, what are just some thoughts on how to start to close that gap for folks?
2: Well, I think that, you know, for me, I, I just, I was able to, um, cross paths with people that had an understanding of some of these things. And, you know, Pamela and I did a, um, a two-part uh, video course on overcoming childhood wounds on our Change Agent Network site. And, um, you know, she had a lot of abuse in her her growing up years and so as a result of that it caused a lot of pain for her and it it led her to have to cope with life in certain ways and that happens to all of us to some degree and uh, we all try to deal with what we have and you know i wrote uh, uh in my book overcoming hindrances that there basically there are seven basic needs we all have as individuals and uh those needs, uh, if they are not met through God, then we perceive that we need to meet our own needs in our own way. And that's where it opens us up to something called spiritual strongholds and talked about in Corinthians. And it's a mindset, it's a belief system that we think, well, I've got to do this in order to meet my need in this area. And that can open us up to all sorts of things, such as addictions and beliefs that can take us down the, the wrong path. So I guess I was fortunate enough to have enough pain that motivated me to try to find some answers. And God was faithful to lead me to people and resources to help me. And so we have a lot of things on our website like that to help people. We did a four-part course on overcoming hindrances on the Change Agent Network. That, Is that the uh,
1: changeagentnetwork.com?
2: It's actually my change Agent network.com right. my agent network.com. and uh, we actually have a, a free version of that site that you can go on to as well as our premium version that has all the courses on it but um you know we've got some great books on this topic on our bookstore that can help people kind of navigate if they're going through some difficult seasons like this
1: well, you know, and we're really, I, I was asking that question because we're really talking about leadership and that's a big focus of the podcast. And, you know, there's, you know, the the model for every single one of us that God gave us for every part of our life is Jesus. And, you know, um, and you have studied this from every perspective. And w- what do you think it is about Jesus that just made him so influential in the lives of the people when he was here on the earth actually he still is but here physically right and even today
2: well i think the two things you see about the uh the life of jesus was the love he had for people and serving others and the fact that he solved problems so often before he got involved in a life he actually solved the problem whether it was healing them you know telling peter how to catch the the fish you know, uh, feeding the five thousand. Um, you know, helping people um, discover how to, uh, you know, deal with their their physical issues or, or the need that they had. And so, every time Jesus solved a problem, more influence grew, and more um, more notoriety came to him because many of those problems he solved were big ones, like raising Lazarus from the dead after four days, you know. And uh, so I think that that's really uh, transferable to you and I in our own lives to think strategically about, okay, how does God want to use me to solve this problem? And it can be in our family. It can be in our workplace. It can be in our community. And the more uh, times that we try to help you know be you know make ourselves available to uh solve a problem, our influence goes up, and uh, our authority goes up so
1: well you know it's you know you said earlier right one of one of the uh um the things that connected you to your calling and your purpose right is just figuring out what you're uniquely suited here to solve, correct that's right. That was kind of like your path into that. So I, could you say some more about this and why this whole concept of problem solving is just, I think, really critical for people to kind of wrap their head, their, their heads and their, their hands around and their hearts around?
2: Well, you know, um, if I think about my own journey, what is the problem I'm solving for people? One of the problems I started solving for people, not attempting to solve it, it was a result of what God was doing in my life, which was causing me to seek him through this journey of understanding why I was going through the adversity. But in the midst of that, what came of that is that I began to understand that many people have a real disconnect between their faith life and their working life. In fact, um, I have a friend who wrote a book called Monday Morning Atheist. You know, I think you may have had him on your show. Uh, Have you had Doug on your show? No, we need to have him on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Shoot me an email on Doug. Yeah. So uh, you know, and the whole concept is that you know we might go to church on Sunday, but then when we get uh, to work on Monday, we we don't think about some of the values that we you know espouse to, and uh, when it comes push to shove, you know these situations develop, and so. For me, one of the problems I was solving for people was that issue in helping them to integrate their faith life and their work life. The other problem I'm helping to solve with people is that reconciliation of adversity and calling. And uh, so the Joseph um, book is actually an answer to a problem that many people have and reconciling the adversity in their life and the challenges they're going through. Um There are many others um, along the way, but sometimes uh, God has an overriding thing that He's doing through your life that you'll be known for.
1: Well, and yeah, and this has led you now, um, you know, putting all this together, and you know, we talked about you know these six stages and some of the questions that we opened up with, and um, and I really hope everybody listening, this is really you know, just spark some great thoughts and this is something you're you're gonna to want to share with people. But, you know, from an individual perspective, as people kind of really think through this Joseph calling and, and and kind of work through the process that you've laid out in the book, what are you what either you're hoping that the outcomes people get or what you've seen people as you've worked with them individually kinda of, where do they what do they get to as they've kind of really put all this in context?
2: Yeah well I I share several case studies in the book uh, one of them uh, I reminded of a guy from Switzerland who um he he was actually born into wealth uh and his father had uh, wanted him to take over a telecom business and uh, he didn't really like the business that much uh make a long story short the business failed it was a very several hundred million dollar company and um, that became his Joseph Pitt experience. But out mm-hmm. of that Pitt experience arose a different man. So he, from, so
1: he tanked a hundred million plus dollar company himself. So Well, that, I don't, yeah, well not I don't, himself, but he was there as the ship sank.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, and I don't know all the details. He's never shared all the details with me. I just know that, you know, it was. Uh, it was his Joseph Pitt experience, but um, out of that, he God really did a work in his life, and and uh, he's a very creative guy. He's a painter, and uh, he ended up uh, doing something he'd never done before. He had a heart to design a hotel for young wealthy people, uh, and he bought this hotel in the Swiss Alps, and that was, you know, kind of going, you know, bad. And, and he bought this thing and totally redesigned the whole thing. And uh, it became like one of the only five-star or six-star uh, hotels uh, in, in Switzerland. And, well, I think it was like in two or three years, he like won best hotel of the year, you know. And um, it became a huge success. And uh, when I was over there a few years ago, we we were at the hotel, and he showed me all through it. And and now this guy has such great influence. He, he built a building in Bern, Switzerland, just for Christian organizations to be able to use it. And so all these ministries are housed in this thing, and you, you can have retreats in it and so forth. So he's become quite the— Philanthropy. He also started something called Business and Professional Network. And uh, he goes into Ukraine and some of the communist countries and um, provides interest free loans to start businesses and trains them how to start a business and operate a business. And so this has become extremely successful as well. So here you see a guy that's, you know, was kind of born into money. Uh, went through his crisis, but as a result of this crisis, it did something in him that wanted to benefit others, as well as just fulfilling something that he had in his heart to do. And he's a great artist on the on, on top of all that.
1: Cool. Well, I, I need to travel to Switzerland and meet this guy in person someday. That would be that would be awesome. Well, you know, hey, as we wrap up, you know, we've been talking a lot about the book. So, how how uh everybody listening, you can learn more about the book and Oz has just made a very generous offer. You can get the the first chapter of the book for free and you can also get access to just a, a 12-week Bible study that walks you through uh the book right off. That's
2: right. Yeah,
1: and it's, it's a uh, 12-week study on the book. And so it's at the the com. So guys uh, th- this is going to be a book that's really going to equip you and um Oz you are just you have just such depth of just character and and just who you are and um, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and putting it together for this and and i 'm a member of the, of the change agent network it 's phenomenal material i 'd really encourage people to plug in check that out my and you know just as we wrap up os any, any just final thoughts for folks who've just been listening in for the last forty minutes or so?
2: Well, I would encourage those that might be listening that find themselves in their own Joseph Pitt experience. Maybe they've gone through a divorce or maybe they've gone through a financial crisis or business crisis. If you will turn your heart fully to the purposes of God in that, then God will turn something good out of it. And the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so if you'll take that step, uh, you will begin to see God move. You know, uh, John, uh, many times people ask me, well, how do I know how, how do I know when God is going to change my circumstance and get me out of this pit? And my answer to them is usually when it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have you given up? Uh, your life to his purposes and you're okay with where you are now that takes a while to get there when you start down that process because we all we're human we don't like to go through those kinds of circumstances but God is faithful he says faithful is he who calls you and he will do it and so it, it does require us to step in to God with all of our heart and yield this whole process to him
1: Well, I appreciate you sharing that verse because it's interesting because, you know, at my accident, Oz, when my entire, everything was crushed from my chest up, my skull, my neck broken. um, And I, God came as just as I was just beyond pain that I could even describe. And I just was completely surrounded with his presence. And it was the most intense, personal, unconditional love. I didn't even know how broken and crushed my body was, but my first thought because I remember this very clearly, was thinking, I'm not worthy of somebody loving me like this. And to connect the fact to me, because it hadn't happened before this point in my in my spiritual journey, that the God of the universe loves and cares about me as a person, as an individual. And I'd never saw, I had ne- I'd read about it, but never felt or saw how to look at Jesus as a friend, right? He says he wants to call us friends. And what it means to look into that. But when he took away the pain that I was in and he spoke to me. And I didn't realize, you know, looking at it now, I was stepping into my Joseph Pitt. Right? 25 surgeries, 20 years in the hospital. Lost all my finances. Lost my health. My network. my All my friends just went completely dormant. Because I was in a, you know, basically isolated in a room. Recovering for that long. Um, but that's what he said to me. He's the first thing when he spoke to me, he said, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, for those that are called according to my purpose. And then he said, I'm going to heal you and use this for my glory. But, you know, you talked about this process, right? I'm going through this over many, many years. And it was very it was actually much harder for my wife and my kids even than for me, because I had a brain injury. I had no control of my emotions. Uh, my social filters, all those things. I would be screaming and yelling at my kids for talking above a whisper and not realize that I was wounding them and hurting them. So there's been a lot of healing and forgiveness that's come through this. But I'm like, you know, God, you said you were going to heal me. Um, I'm not dead, but is this really what you meant by healing? So a lot of these questions about adversity and things as we go through it, but I kept holding on to like you talked about, right? That, That hope that all things do work for good, that I can trust God. And, you know, in the second part of John 10, 10, right? He said that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came us to give us life so that we may live it to the full. And I knew that, you know what? I have a friend who who is helping me go through this process to the other side of that verse, right? That full life, that life fully alive. and And for me, that's just, you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of the pit, just knowing that, you know, having that hope that there are, you know, what I realized is nobody was going to yank me out of the pit. I had to cross through the pit and climb out the other side because it was through that. You talked about stage two, right? Character building. And in that character building was isolation. Some of, I think some of these overlap. Um, but um, I really appreciate you sharing that because for me, it just really helps put things in context and even just re-energizes me for for what I'm doing now. And, and just to sit here with a journal and say for myself, Oz, you know, what really is the problem that God has put me here to solve? And just even refining that and even reconnecting that is something I'm going to be, I'm going to be working on for myself. And I really appreciate you and Pamela. And, um, you're just such uh you just had a meaningful influence in my life. And I really encourage everybody listening to just Really plug into you because you're you're just you're a special man and I and I thank God for you, buddy.
2: John, thank you so much, and uh, what a testimony you are to overcome what you've overcome, and God uh, allowing you to get restored to the be to be able to do what you do, and uh, you, you know looking at you, you know you never know what you've been through what you've been through, <laughs> and uh, I say that about Pamela too because she should have died nine times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's good living and good plastic
2: surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and God's doctors, right?
1: That's right. And God's, God's hand, God's mighty hand. So, guys, check out the thejosephcalling.com. Check out Oz Hillman, um, mychangingagentnetwork.com and, and Oz, thank you so much for your time today, man. You're, you're awesome.
2: Thank you, John. God bless.
1: Thanks for listening to Eternal
0: Leadership. Be sure to check the summary of this MP3 for any important links and a link to the show notes for this episode. This edition of Eternal Leadership has been brought to you by Halftime Institute. In 1994, Bob Buford penned the book Halftime, moving from success to significance. And in the more than 20 years since then, more than three quarters of a million copies have been sold. It's touched baby boomers in the 90s and it's now touching the lives of both Gen Xers who are in that midlife season asking, is this all there is? As well as baby boomers who are searching for significance in retirement. To get a free copy of the book, just go to eternalleadership.com slash halftime. And after you read it, if you have any questions, you can have a no obligation one hour of halftime coaching. eternalleadership.com slash halftime. You can't beat getting a free bestseller. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, And thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.